Hey gang, Ross Brand here for Stream Leader Report Live. This is the place where we have conversations that creators need to have, but too often aren't having, focusing on things like monetization and strategy and the pros and cons of different platforms. And today we've got a great topic. We are going to talk all about the systems and structures you need to be successful, uh, both as a creator and in your business, particularly focused on people who want to make creation an important part of their business, whether you're monetizing it directly or it's a way to lead people into your business, into learning about your products and services. And so, um, again, we're kind of looking at two areas here. One is there's the creative aspect of being a creator, and then there is do you have a system or a structure for managing that content and repurposing and making sure it gets the reach and that you if you need to follow up on it that you're doing that and then there's the other part that's probably talked about even less and that is when you have a a business that the content is a big part of how are you setting that up so that you're really optimizing your business bringing in clients customers um or maybe you're bringing in sponsors however you are going about monetizing. These are some of the things we're going to talk about. We have a terrific, terrific panel. Jeff C is here, Valerie Morris, Joey Garrity, Jan Koch, Kimberly Flowers, and Coach Jenny are all going to be a part of it. Uh, so let's get right to it and bring on our first three that we're going to talk to. Uh, she is someone who's such an expert in systems. I think her systems have systems. And she's the founder of Tentero Creative, a terrific social media strategist, author, and podcaster, Valerie Morris. And we also have the man from Manly Pinterest Tips, the best beard in social media and live streaming and podcasting. Uh, he's been with Social Media Examiner. Now he's doing his own thing. He also produces uh, Guy Kawasaki's podcast, hosts multiple shows including social media news uh i believe i got that right uh and other shows too he's, he's terrific <laughs> jeff c and of course uh back for the second time in a row our hollywood insider and the author of being your own superstar and the founder of the joey g113 digital network joey garrity so thanks everyone for being here um, Valerie, you were the first person I thought of because I remembered your speech at PodFest at one of the online PodFests a couple years ago. And yeah. then Joey told me what a great talk you gave as as well. So I think you are probably as as organized and as thoughtful in terms of how you structure your content and your business as anyone I know. So with that now you got a lot to live up to. I know. Wow. <laughs> you know, people say to like pay attention to what people say about you. And mm -hmm. yeah, I guess I need to lean more into these systems because I, I it is a huge piece of what I do. And it's more for my own sanity than anything else. But um, yeah, if I can help impart any any things I've learned to others, happy to help. So talk about in terms of content. There's the creative side of content, but then there's making sure that you're not wasting time on social media. You're not spending a lot of 
thought into, okay, how am I going to repurpose this this week versus next week? Like, give us a little idea of how you systematize or structure the delivery of content for yourself or for your clients. Well, so I've got two screens up while we're talking here and I'm literally staring. The other screen has a Google spreadsheet up that has color coded uh, cells and lines. And I love the Google suite of tools or just using a simple spreadsheet, um, mainly because I will freeze. It's very important. You got to freeze that top row or the top two rows, but then you can sort things. So I can sort by like, hey, I want to have let's say I want to do a post for every day of the month, I'll have 30 posts, 30 ideas, and I'll have like every topic laid out of like, this is the general type of post I want to do. I want to do a testimonial four times in the month or whatever. And I can sort based on alphabet, alphabetized you know, topics to see if I'm covering all my bases appropriately or if I'm hitting things too hard. Um, if I need to assign them out to somebody else, I can get a feel for, okay, so-and-so is making the posts about the podcast and so-and-so is making the posts about the blog posts. I want to make sure that everyone's incorporated. You can easily sort and, and it's free. You know, I love free tools <laughs> if I can help it. Um, and, and I just, the Google, Google sheets makes it so easy to collaborate that that's my go-to. Mm. Jeff, what do you use? I mean, you're so prolific as a creator. You're, you're, you're doing multiple shows. I know how much goes into just keeping track of everything you need to know for one show. How do you keep up with that? Plus Pinterest, which is an, really can be a very time-consuming thing um, and, and take up a lot of creativity, too. How do you do it all? <laughs> well, for for the live show that you were just you watched uh, with uh, with us earlier today, uh, I have a Grace. Grace is amazing. <laughs> she is an amazing producer. Uh, but we we do it. Valerie uh, just mentioned we use uh, Google Docs, and it's funny because mm -hmm. we have that Google Docs open during our show, and we're actually typing notes to each other like, "Oh, they answered that question," and did it. So we use that almost like a little mini teleprompter down below, um, and so that's all laid out. A couple of things. I'll take it from a live perspective and then kind of a creator perspective sure. of second part of the answer is like for the live you know thing i've from the very beginning back and ross you remember this the blab days google plus <laughs> oh yeah all that stuff <laughs> I, my thing is always about the audience like i want to bring up comments i want to make it all about them so i always start no matter what i'm doing what kind of show is i have 10 questions that i have i never go in blind and i think a lot of live streamers when they say, I'm going to go live, and they don't really have a plan. So I have a kind of a run of show. I'll throw that out because I want to take the people who are asking questions first. But I always have that as a backup. So I'm never going in blind. So that's for the live streaming perspective. The, the system that I use that I think that a lot of people may not know about that I really, really like, and I discovered a couple years ago, one of the things as creators, we have ideas all the time. And I used to have sticky notes just all over my office and they would be lost and I wouldn't remember where they were. And so Google Docs, I, I use that, but I've been using this new tool that's called Rome Research. And it's like a database for your brain. So it's got an app, it's got um, a desktop um, version as well. And whenever I have an idea, when I'm walking at the store or whatever, I can go in there and tag it and it's all laid out. Like I just have an ideas thing. I have a podcast thing, I have a courses thing. And so nothing is ever lost. And that was my biggest thing as creator is I'd have all these great ideas and then they would go away. And I knew I had one. I just couldn't find it. And this helps me organize everything. So it has been a game changer and a lifesaver for me 
in uh, the creativity type of work that I do. Joey, Hollywood has its own structure, how it handles divisions and different types of content and marketing. Have you brought some of that over to your business or are you kind of doing things a a different way? No, I actually, that's a big part of my system is learning how, because on any set you have multiple divisions, multiple people, and even they even track props, everything from a pen to all the equipment, right? So I love Trello. So Trello has been like a total game changer for me. For each show, I create its own board. And then all I have to do is just duplicate from that board to the next board. So I make sure that I'm hitting every single, you know, different variable and tangible that needs to happen. And, you know, I'm just like Jeff. I literally go in with a script and a structural script. And then I have, if I'm featuring guests that are coming on board, they fill out a type form. And they're sending me their tips and everything. And that goes straight in there. And then I can add my entire team. So then then they can go and work their magic. Well, I learned Typeform from you. And I got to tell you, it's been a a lifesaver in terms of doing the annual predictions and the books, having that and having all the questions and everybody's release in there and everything. Uh, It it saved me a ton, a ton of time and and chasing people down. Um, I'm going to throw this out. Anybody can take this and, and go with it. Let's talk about the business side. Um, what what type of structures do you have on the business side that have helped you streamline that that part, whether it's saving you time or leading to more opportunities or more effectively delivering for your clients or customers? Talk about something that you you use on that side of the business. I mean, I'll just throw it out there. I just recently switched over to using ClickUp as a project management tool. I wish I had started this way back when it was just me. Um, and as I've grown and had more people helping me out with different aspects of the of the process, it's essential now. But I wish I had had it back in the day to help keep me organized. I'm I'm kind of old school. I love my to-do list and I love to write it out. I'm a kinesthetic learner. So I, I, I need that written process, but I'm finding that I needed the digital piece as well. Um, and it didn't need to be an either or. It could be both. So I'm, I love hearing about this because my problem is, is the clients I work with, they work with all of those things. So, you know, you've got clients <laughs> who do ClickUp. We use Trello for a guy's show. Um, I have my own process. So I've tried to get them all on they and it's like you know and so you i think if you're an entrepreneur um you're gonna have to deal with that and luckily most of them are similar and you can usually pigeonhole things whatever tool you're kind of using because you've kind of got your your formula like like valerie has but that's an issue (laughs) because you know i think maybe the one kind of common denominator would be slack i mean i think a lot of us use Mm -hmm. slack for different things to communicate with our team or you know you can have different channels for different clients that's probably the unifying thing that has helped the business out the most. Yeah. And, you know, and again, what, what, why another reason I love Trello again is because, and I, and I encourage all my clients to do this, all my prosperity club members to do this too, is, is any new interview, like the one that I'm on right now, for instance, as soon as this is done going live, I grab it and I have an entire marketing board, but it's all organized from like lives to podcasts, to articles, to blogs, everything that you're featured in. And I'm always telling people, I'm like, it's going to save you so much like time and energy 
down the road because you know your website guy needs it you just ask them or your media kits being you know created or updated right and all you have to do is just send your team member that new that new live so it keeps you current so you know um i was talking about with valerie at the at podfest and like like valerie's my hero like she literally is so organized that she really has check boxes and she like 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 colors in half of the checkbox to remind her that she has to <laughs> I got on the plane and I was coming back. First of all, I was laughing. I was like, that is amazing. And I was just like, she's my new hero. <laughs> because if you want a thriving business, you have to be uber, uber, uber organized. There's just no other way around it. I don't think chaos builds thriving. I don't. Yeah. I want to say a quick hello to Chris Stone, Beauty Bubble, Eileen Smith, uh, Jim Fuse, uh, Teresa is here. Uh, welcome everybody. Thanks so much for for joining us. Um, okay, so how here here's the big one. How do you manage community and or social media engagement as a creator? There's an expectation that we're going to follow up and have conversations around the content that we put out there, uh, but then there's all the other things that we have to do in business as well. How do you manage that so that you're available? Uh, but you're not um, letting time get away from you, let's say. Well, I use Agora Pulse to help track and keep track of everything for not just my stuff, but my clients. Now, my personal stuff, I'll pop in and I'll burn time, you know, evenings, lunchtime, when I should be working, you know, all of that, you know, <laughs> it, that's a black hole for me personally. But for my clients, I use, I definitely use a, a tracking tool like Agora Pulse so that I can just go in, see what's vital, uh, what needs to be responded to. Obviously, if there's something big, like tomorrow, we're covering a huge event, um, we're going to be on that much more frequently in the day, because it's a really focused big thing. Whereas normally, it's like, usually we have a daily check-in on things. Uh, and if we see some fire come up outside of that time, we'll jump on it. But otherwise, we're just re replying at least during the day for, for client stuff. Obviously, it depends on the nature of the client. I work with a lot of professional services. So a lot of them don't get the urgent comments on things where it's like, if you don't reply within five minutes of it going up, you're screwed. Um, a lot of times we can wait a few hours. So, uh, you know, it just depends, I think, on the nature of your clients as well. Right, right. Yeah, I use Agora Pulse as well. I think any, any you, you have to have some sort of good social listening tool, uh, especially if you're trying to build community because things, you know, you'll miss Facebook notifications, you'll miss all those things. And unless you have, and if you're trying to build community, you really need to make sure you can go back and answer those those comments that were on your live show because like i go and i know ross you do this as well as you go live in a multiple different places you you multi-stream and then like okay where was that at and and it'd be impossible to do without a, a social listening tool youtube only today though we're youtube oh, there, exclusive there you today but yes i i know exactly right. what you're talking about and that is the usual workflow uh joey jo uh, joey any thoughts yeah, well, I like to vessel everyone as much as possible into one container. And so for me, that's my Facebook group and just building those relationships there. So I so I, I absolutely make it a priority to be inside there as often as possible because I'm building out my network and building out 
you know, and I only attract women entrepreneurs that want to be superstars. So I've been very niche about that as well. And, you know, and growing that out because I don't like to be everywhere at once. Right. And in terms of like the autoresponder situation, I use Hootsuite and then I like get response. I like I like building lists in there and just structurally around the business, doing it on the back end like that. But I'm an emotional girl. I like emotional connection. So, so, and I, and I get it and I, and I don't recommend people spend hours and hours and hours in social media. I don't, I don't need to. I'm very quick. Right. But I do, I do believe that we have such an opportunity to make that deeper emotional connection out there. And I like to do it more on that one-on-one basis. And that's what's done. That's what the group's done for me. Yeah. Do you guys work with teams or have VAs or outsource? How do you lighten your burden? <laughs> well, for me, so I started, uh, we, you know, repurposing with Descript, and that's a game changer for me is taking everything. Like as soon as I'm done with the show, it goes to Descript, it gets transcript uh, up, and then I take clips out of that and I pass those on to a team. And so that was the biggest thing for me is I was able to use a, a video production team that I actually can take in and move stuff after I clip it up to have them do. And then I take it and put it in um, into a girl pulse to be put out every day. And then also I have the same thing on the podcasting in where I can, we used to script a lot for that as well, but I can pass it on to a team member because of the way they have teams built inside of Descript. It just makes it really, really easy. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got people that help me with different parts of the process, especially for stuff for clients. With my stuff, if a typo gets out, something goofy goes out, I am more forgiving about it. But for client stuff, especially, like I've always had a, a team member in the mix. Even if I was the one creating the content, I'd always have somebody proofing it. Um, and it just having some a couple people involved in the process allows you to catch more of those mistakes. So, um, which inevitably they come out, you know, we're human, they, it's going to happen. So if you have a couple of checks and balances in place, uh, it works out great. Um, and yeah, over the years, I mean, I've had anywhere from, I mean, most, most of the folks it's, it's their side hustle. It's not, it's not a full-time gig for them at this point, but, um, you know, I've had people that are stay-at-home moms. They do stuff at two in the morning when they're up, whatever, or the weekends, that's the only time they can squeeze it in. And then I've had people where like they're available same hours I am office hours. So it, it can, it can really be a huge variety of people. Um, I personally have always found success more with people that are based here in the U S or have a very solid English base. Um, mm -hmm. I I've personally not jumped into the, the VA work with, with people over overseas, but that's just my own personal preference. I think. No, I agree with Valerie. I don't, the time difference was was just really wonky. It's just hard to communicate and keep things rocking and rolling with this huge time difference. Not that I haven't heard great things about these services, but um, but I think I think there's like having a designer that's your go-to, a VA, and then your tech person, whether that's your website guy or whatever, I think having those three people in your back pocket that you can rely on that are like a types that are going to get it done quickly for you. Um, I think, I just feel like they're necessary as your business grows, you know, as, as you have a thriving, a, a bigger thriving business, right. Especially at, 
and having another perspective, I think so great, especially with the designer, right? Because I like things to be look a certain way, be a certain way, but sometimes they'll come with a new perspective that will heighten that and just bring that design for whether it's the podcast or the shows to a whole new level that I just didn't see. So I like having team members like that. Besides the, the on-camera stuff, um, Valerie or Jeff or both of you, um, how do you kind of decide what you should hand off and what you should keep for yourself? Well, it's interesting because I went to a conference here in Denver that Mike Kim put on and he actually like had a whole session on this and it was, he walked you through these four questions and it essentially was like, what are you good at? What do you like doing? What do you love doing? Um, and what are you not good at? And then like the converse, uh, you know, question of that of like, you know, what do you hate doing? What do you dislike doing? What are you not good at? That kind of stuff. You know, there's things like, accounting. I mean, I, I don't know how many times my CPA has to explain something to me, but I still don't understand the lingo. <laughs> you know, right, right. there's just certain things where I've just discovered like, Hey, it is wor well worth my time to pay someone to do X, Y, Z. Um, you know, some of the monotonous stuff in my, you know, organization and whatnot, like I might come across as really organized with some things, but some of that I don't enjoy doing. Um, and so I think you get down to the point of like, hey, these are the things that I really love doing that I'm really good at. And if you can narrow it down to what those things are, then that gives you a clue as to, well, all this other stuff, even if I like doing it, even if I'm good at it, but it's not something that really gets me excited, it's something that I could could pass off. And it like, just when you get to the point where you know you've got the budget, you've got the capacity to hand something off to somebody. Then you have this thing in your mind of like, Oh, okay, well that's something I could let go. You know, whereas these things, these few things, I'm going to hold on to these because it's literally only something I can do or something that only I want to do. It's yeah. funny because I can see it so clearly for other people's businesses, but it's <laughs> right? so hard for me to use. I mean, I've got this just lens yeah. that I use. It's like, what are you competing on? What's your competitive advantage that you don't give up? What can you accept industry standard on that you out? It's like there's it's so clear to me how businesses need to do it. But for myself, I can't do it. Ross, it, was, it was the hardest thing for me because I started as like my whole business way back in the dinosaur days uh, as a video editor. And it was so hard to give that off. But I now um, and uh, uh, to uh, Joey's point about um, overseas for me for video editing it's great because i give it to them i use video husky is the service that i use and so i pass it over to them in the evening and i wake up with a new video in the morning oh, when that cool. happened the, for the first time i was like oh my what have i been doing you know because and i mean it's not i would sit there and fiddle fart with it for way too long you know yeah. i mean I, I still like oh i wish they would have done that but i i've had to learn to let it go you know yeah. and and i because i get stuff out but yeah i i feel your pain ross Video Husky. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, fiddle fart. That's a good one. That's an East Texas term right there for your, for your viewers. We all know exactly what it means, though. That's yeah. Right. We've all spent hours doing something we shouldn't be doing mm -hmm. and spending way more time on it. Well, you guys have been amazing. We're going to move on to uh, our second round of the panel. Valerie Morris, Jeff C., Joey Garrity. Uh, check out their bios in the uh, description and also links on how to connect with them. Um, they are awesome. Thank you all so much. Thanks, Thank you, Ross. Thank you.
All right, we're going to move on to our second round of the panel, and we're going to bring on the great coach, Jenny, uh, the inner critic coach and the author of Hilda and uh, Jan Koch, the man who is in charge of the Virtual Summit Mastery Program. He's also the author of the Virtual Summit Mastery Method and the Virtual Summit Mastery Podcast, I believe, as well. And Joey, we've had you already, so we will go to Kimberly Flowers, who is an outstanding live video producer, works with all sorts of clients, and she can make your show look like it's on network TV. Kimberly, welcome. Live. Well, thank you. <laughs> I said welcome remote, to you. <laughs> remote producer live. Um, so you guys, what's interesting about this group is you guys really all have a specialty. Um, not that not that our past guests don't, but you guys really are using content in a very specific way in your niche. Um, tell everybody a little bit about where content fits in um, to your business. We'll start with Kimberly. Where content fits in? Great question. Thanks yeah, for having me. Like your own your own content and how that fits into the larger picture of what you do. Yeah. So for me, great question. For me, because what we do is creating shows at a high level and really helping our clients to position themselves as, you know, package what they're doing in the value that a person can see, right? So sometimes it's a lot easier for a person to be able to see value than for you to tell them about how awesome you are, right? right? And so that's where we kind of come in. Um, I'm really big on making sure that the quality of what we're presenting to the world is something that another person can immediately observe and be able to gravitate to so that our clients are able to better attract the kinds of people that they want to work with as opposed to just, you know, um, chasing them, right? You're either chasing clients right. or you're attracting them. And so this is a strategy that we use to really position where at whatever they're doing at whatever level they're at, you know, into something that is just expounded and something that a person can gravitate to. So within that process, um, our show is kind of used as a demo, essentially. If you love today's broadcast and you want to learn more about how this can or how your broadcast can look more like this, check us out over on social media and and check us out on our website. So we kind of use it in that way. Um, in addition to that, like our content is related to what our clients are doing around strategy as well. So we again, I think it's always better to be able to show people than to be able to tell them. So we use, we just, you know, act as a demo for our clients to kind of follow. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And uh, Coach Jenny, I think Kimberly just answered what I was assuming your answer was going to be. Uh-oh. Um, no, no, not but, at all. Not but, at all. But, you know, no, no, no. But I, what I'm saying is the, the key theme is the showing people, but you did it with coaching versus Kimberly with video production. That's mm. a really good point, right? Like it's about demonstrating and giving people yes. a quick taste of what it's like to work with you, like what mm. this is all about. Yeah. Um, now, Kimberly is obviously poised and polished. I'm not so much, but that's okay because that's also behind the paywall. It's not poised and polished. And, you know, I'm one of those life coach people and like 17 people just became a life coach in the time it took me to say the sentence. So, uh, my competition is fierce. And so what content for me is a, like the main purpose of it is to kind of stop the scroll and get people a new perspective, my kind of cheeky uh slightly snarky perspective on the topics that I talk about. So I want to differentiate myself from the sea of people who are reading from the cookie co 
cookie cutter coaching handbook over there so that people know, okay, Coach Jenny is an acquired taste, but I, I think I want to lo- know a little bit more. Love that. Well, Jan is a thought leader in the um, virtual event space. It's it's pretty clear why you do a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of content and a lot of guesting and a lot yeah. of speaking, obviously. Yeah, and it's funny because I, I don't really have something new to add. Jenny and Kimberly already nailed the most important points. And I, I think from my perspective with virtual summits, it's the same thing. I want to show people that summits still work and how they work. And it's also w- similar to what Jenny and Kimberly said. You have to be in front of your audience all the freaking time. And mm-hmm. for me, it's just the, the best way to do that is to run a virtual summit. And then I'm sitting on a ton of videos that I can repurpose, that I can run through the process that uh, puts me in front of my audience, frankly. And it's very similar to what Jenny said. You have to be transparent on how you present yourself on social, that that's the same and it's consistent with what you do behind the paywall and in the coaching programs and things like that. And as long as you keep that in mind, I think content marketing is a strong weapon to build your brand and business. So, Jenny, we know the the fun, creative side of you. How do you structure what we don't see to the extent you're willing to, to share, of course? I don't mind sharing at all. You know, I I'm going into the 17th year in business very soon, but the first 15 years, it was a one woman show. And last year, my wife joined my business as full-time CEO and her love language is systems, right? Like she believes <laughs> that systems equal freedom. And so we have been just re-engineering the systems. Cause honestly, Ross, up until now, it was me, maybe a Trello board and you know, my institutional knowledge right here, this is not a good system. So now we have just, just restructured everything. We put most of it into notion. That is our tool of choice after trying about every tool imaginable. Oh, Jan, you're two thumbs up for notion, notion, (laughs) the second brain. It's the best thing ever. And what we're doing is we have come up with a very sophisticated structure that makes it very easy for me to be creative. And the whole point of it is to make sure that I am spending the majority of my time behind a microphone or behind a pen, writing and creating, not spending time reinventing the wheel, looking at a blank sheet of paper. So we've created this whole system where I have basically a Mad Lib of, okay, this week we're gonna talk about impatience and where it fits with tenacity. Go Jenny, come up with a couple of things. It's amazing. So every week I'm not looking at a blank sheet of paper, but I have this kind of baked in Mad Lib of what I'm creating next. You mentioned Notion and I haven't used Notion, but Notion just acquired Cron, which is a calendar app thanks to beauty bubble for dropping that that hey. piece of knowledge into a message um so that's uh, so notion is growing and and adding to what they what they can do um jan yeah notion is the one platform that i can't live without and i have uh i followed marie poulin for quite a while she's a genius on notion and what she taught me is how to set up a master task list. So I have this massive database in Notion where everything goes into, and then I can filter for content creation, for project-related tasks, for summit tasks, and so on. And that just makes it super easy to streamline everything and to put everybody on the same page because then when you're working with virtual assistants, they get their unique view of the master task list. So they only see the tasks that are assigned to them and that are in the context of of their mm. skill set, frankly, 
And then everybody knows exactly what to do and when to do it. That's good. That's good. Oh, wow. Uh, I got to check that out. Kimberly, tell us a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes of uh, high-level uh, live stream production where you're really doing like it broadcast quality. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to our clients and how we structure the systematic approach, um, it really is about creating a solid onboarding process for our clients. When they come in to the company, like when they get started, a lot of times they are confused that most of my clients are not techie people. They are amazing coaches, uh, speakers, professionals, authors, trainers, you know, real estate agents. We have, we've done everything from cook shows to game shows on the show. And so um, within that process, a lot of them just are entrepreneurs who have amazing ideas about how they're going to impact the social media space. But a lot of them have no idea what that actually looks like for them. So organization is key and really being able to um, give them the, a level of comfort that we are taking you through a systematic structure and process that is going to work for you. So one of the first things that we do before we even um, have a client, before we actually like get into the production side of things is what's called a broadcast strategy session. And that strategy session is really for us to help to get in alignment with what their thoughts are about their show, what they want it to look like, how they want it to function, you know, and all of these different things and really add kind of a consultation in there. So a lot of people really know that, oh, if I start video, I know that it's supposed to generate more income. I know that it's supposed to give me more visibility, more reach, but most of them don't know exactly what that looks like for them. So helping them to understand video conversion strategy and being able to understand, you know, who, their industry, like what are some questions that your industry is already asking about you right now? That helps us to position them powerfully from a functional side, right? And then of course the aesthetic side, we're looking, you know, brand colors and all of these different things kind of come into play. But after that, we have what's called a tech walkthrough session. And that is where a producer will jump on with them and, you know, on a Zoom call or something, just checking to make sure their video looks good, their audio sounds good, that they, you know, if they need any help plugging in something, they got a new camera, they're not sure how to actually plug that in, but they know they want to use it. That producer will be able to, to kind of walk them through the process so they don't know how, need to know how to do it. They just need to be able to follow some directions, right? And then we have what's called the demo broadcast. So this is like an abbreviated um, recording. So instead of their 40 minute episodes that they normally would get, this demo broadcast allows them to kind of get a feel of what it's like to be produced real time. Because during the production, they have like in ears in, they're, they're listening to their producer, right? And sometimes for, if you're just getting started with live stream or a broadcast in this way, it can be a little bit of a um, you know, surprise, like we've had, we tell people like, listen, we, the producer can, you, you can hear the producer, but your audience can't. So if your producer is telling you something, don't say what, you know, because <laughs> you, like, you sound like you're talking to a ghost at that point, right? Nobody can hear her. Nobody can hear her. So um, yeah. So just being able to educate our, our clients in and making sure that they feel uh, comforted in a guided, consistent structure on that side of things is what really helps us to stay organized. In addition to that, we also have what's called a producer's checklist that helps us to be able to better organize their content. So for every show that we do, there are images, there are videos, there are like, you know, all of these different things associated with their broadcast names of guests and all of this stuff that needs to show up on the broadcast as well. And so we <laughs> stay organized by providing them with a, what's called a producer's checklist where they're able to just kind of give us some specific information about their show. And then we also, um, again, because we're so big on making sure that the process is easy for the client, this systematic 
approach that we use within the even the producer's checklist is like they're not providing us with like they're not uploading videos we're not having to like you know all these heavy files and things like that they provide us with a link for where to find those things and our pr production side will download them format them put them in the show where they go and so i think that's make it makes it really easy for them to feel comfortable about the process and realize you know this is not something that i have to master uh three months in it's definitely something that's taken care of for by the team and the only way that we're able to to do that is through that systematic structure, knowing what we're going to do every time and, and executing with excellence that way. For Jenny and, and mm -hmm. Jan, a big part of your businesses are, are having membership communities. And mm. um, how do you handle something we haven't really talked about? Uh, customer service, questions that come in, questions, complaints, um, need for help right away. How do you handle that so you can be responsive and yet um, aren't, you know, doing phone support from from the time you wake up till the time you go to sleep? I'm happy to get started. One, nobody complains. My membership is amazing. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, but the way that we do I, I mean, complains this. that you're not charging enough, you know? That's, because, uh, that's <laughs> what it is. That, you must get that 10 times a day. Obviously. No. Um, <laughs> the keys are to keep things as simple and streamlined and essential as possible. And like so that. making sure that I don't have so many different channels that people have to plug into when they join a thing is really huge. For example, we took away about a year and a half ago when we shifted into this iteration of my membership, Make It Happen, took away the forum. There's no Facebook group. There's no Mighty Network group or any of those things, which is crazy because coaches all have to have a Facebook group, but they take away your toaster <laughs> oven. It's like a rule. But I took that down and that took away the performative part of the customer experience of like, hey, where do I find this thing? And all of that nonsense mm. and shifted to offering them the opportunity to text me through a texting service. I use community.com and I love it. So um, making those kinds of changes where they communicate has made a big difference. And so I'm no longer doing so much of that kind of customer service headache conversation thing that would happen in a Facebook group. I kind of took that down. But then it's all about making sure your onboarding is really on point and your onboarding is something that, um, yes, when they join, everything's there in the orientation module, but we're also emailing them in case they don't open the orientation right. module with uh, just a reminder, here are the rules, just a reminder, here's where you go for this. If you want to cancel, here's how easy it is. And making sure that every little step is super easy and that the answers are cut and paste to any question they might have. Those are the kinds of things that make that easier. Is there still a way for community members to communicate with one another through some forum that's sponsored by the by coach jenny or yes is they it... can show up to a call and communicate right there, there in the live sessions and meet each other and exchange phone numbers or or follow each other on instagram i, I know i'm being snide about this but i took away the no i just want to highlight this yeah i important. took away the sidelines the, the name of this is about making it happen it's called make it happen you don't make it happen hanging out in a Facebook group posting a GIF. You know what I mean? Like that's not how you're making it happen. You make it happen by going out and doing the thing. So we create opportunities within the community to make those connections. We actually have a whole call devoted to that once a month called the community call where they're just building those connections. Mm -hmm. And then instead of posting in that performative way or me trying to scurry up engagement, they can text their coach directly. It shifted everything dramatically and 
all of those like, oh, I have a suggestion of how this could be better, just kind of evaporated. Well, Jan, this is you got a fantastic. You got a fantastic. I'm over here taking notes, to like for everything, <laughs> all of you are saying. I'm like, <laughs> this, this is going to be an interesting conversation yeah, because I have the exact. We're learning at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I have the exact opposite approach to what Jenny just described. I would mm -hmm. go mad if mm -hmm. my community members would text me. And I have that Facebook group with about 800 people in there. I get that, and, yeah. And Ross, you, you are a part of that. And you see um, every single day people post their results from the virtual summits. They ask questions about virtual summits. And luckily for me, it works really, really well. And it works to my favor in that I don't have to jump in all the time because all the community members fix their problems themselves. Mm. And you are on point, Jenny. You have to make the... The navigation in the membership area and where all the contents are and stuff like that that has to be super clear i 100 mm -hmm. agree with you on that but without the community and the facebook group that i have i think virtual summit mastery wouldn't be half as valuable as it is right now because there are multiple six-figure summit hosts in that group that have five six seven years of experience in running virtual events and when those people can jump onto a question that a newbie has who's just planning the first virtual event and they feel overwhelmed, they feel scared and anxious, and they don't know what to do. And then you have five people who've done multiple six figures with their events, guide you through the process and take you by the hand. Mm -hmm. I think that's, for my program, it's extremely valuable. I think well, I definitely I, I, hybrid. I'm sorry, go Kimberly, go ahead. No, no. Oh, I was I'm just going to say, I agree with that because <laughs> you are teaching a how-to. And I'm not yeah. teaching a how-to. And so when right. people are listening to what is the model of how you put together a membership, I think it's important to think about, well, what is the experience you're creating? I'm mm. coaching. I'm not teaching you yeah. how to do something. And I'm coaching individuals in a scaled way. Both of you are teaching mm. how to do something. And to some extent, there's a right way to do it, right? You're teaching a model mm. of like, here's what we have learned over the years of how to replicate this and make it your own. I'm not doing that. So those are part of the decisions when you're designing systems and designing programs that need to be taken into account. And, and Kimberly, in, in your case, you're you're actually doing for the client in a lot mm -hmm. of in a lot of what you do. Yeah. So definitely we use kind of a little bit of a hybrid approach in the sense that we definitely like all of comments that come through any social media platform come into one hub and we're able to answer through that one space. So whether it's a text message or an email that we're responding to or, you know, a social media comment, we're answering from the same place. So it doesn't have us like feeling a little scattered all over, you know, trying to make sure that we're answering and providing solutions for every a client or a potential client that is getting a coming connection with us. So I think that has made it a lot easier, um, you know, and it allowed us to be able to, and I can, I think when we're talking through systems, it really, we have to consider what the objectives are. Like, so J coach Jenny said, you know, you guys are doing this and this way and what, what she's doing is a little bit different. So her objectives are going to be different. So her system and her process is going to be just a little bit different than maybe uh, Jen and, and mine. Right. Do you mind sharing what, what the tool is that you use for that or? Yeah. So we use lead connector and actually, mm -hmm. you know, um, I love it because <laughs> it's almost like 
click funnels low key, but it's uh, at the same time, it, it has like all of these automation tools and workflows that you can have. So, and, and analytics, like all of that in kind of in one place. And I think that was really important to me because I was so sick of creating like a bunch of different things and then having to connect them through Zapier and like, you know, all of mm -hmm. these just to make it all work together. But I think, um, you know, and uh, one of my friends like, connected me with this process and I'm actually like, you know, purchasing it through him and I love it so much. I can't even tell you. And I was really skeptical because you know, when you are comfortable with a software or something like that, you know, you just kind of want to stick with what you know, but I definitely think it was a game changer for us. What's the name of that one more time, Kimberly? Uh, it's Lead Connector. Mm -hmm. Lead Connector. And I can connect you with the guy that uh, connected me with it. So. <laughs> but <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, like, processing. Like, it, when it comes to systems, because I am so systematic with my approach to things and because I have to be, like, it becomes imperative to have a place where I can, you know, rely on a couple of different things. Like, if a person clicks on something, I want to be able to know that they clicked on it and, and be able to push them into a specific workflow or campaign. And all of that is possible within that same place like which is beautiful for us so cool. how about a system and and this is something that most people don't really talk about too much so feel free to talk about as much or as little as you you'd like to but how about a system for billing invoicing taking payment and following point. up when follow-up needs to be is there a, a single tool or a grouping of tools that you use or mm -hmm. do you have your own system for that to ensure that ultimately the business keeps keeps running as it should. Great point. For me, it's a sum up. That's that's what I use for invoicing. And essentially, what for me is most important is it's easy to pay for the customers. So there is a payment link, and then they can take they can do payment online via credit card or PayPal or bank transfer or something like that. Um, automatic follow up super super important so that when the due date is passed you sum up bucks the you, you know what done. out of the clients mm -hmm. and um, just a general best practice on my end uh, in terms of freelance services is taking at least 50 percent upfront. so when i do done for you virtual summits or coaching or something like that mm -hmm. at least 50 percent upfront before okay. the work even starts I love that. Yeah, for me, I definitely use Stripe and ChargeDesk. One of the things I love about ChargeDesk is that it does that automated dunning. So like if something, uh, the payment doesn't go through, it will let the client know, hey, please update your card, you know, here. And the Stripe... You Stripe is actually like advanced so much, even when it comes to like invoicing and, you know, providing like um, an automated approach to like being able to push out something for electronic payments, ACH payments, bank transfers, things like that, that sometimes your clients may need specialty method, uh, payment method options that are not, that are more than just the card options. And so we've been able to utilize Stripe and ChargeDesk to be able to do uh, some of those things. I also like a, a, a lap, an app called Invoice, which I think is associated with Stripe, but basically it's just like, it's an easy way to do it like off the cuff, you know, if you need right. to. And so sometimes there are situations where you may be on the go and you, you have to do things on your phone or, you know, like, and those for me are invaluable tools. 
I have everything in Kajabi when it comes to how I charge, which allows me to have a shopping cart where my clients can choose between Stripe or PayPal, which is an option. You don't have to do that. You can make it only Stripe. I yeah. don't believe you can make it only PayPal, but you have that option. I want people to have no friction when it comes to sending me money. I'm a fan, so <laughs> yeah. no problems there. Um, yes. But uh, what I love about Kajabi, it's it's meant to be an all-in-one tool. It's definitely a most in one in my business. It doesn't cover all of my needs, but most of them. And within Kajabi, I build a bunch of automation. So for folks who pay me monthly for my membership, for example, uh, if they, their credit card changes or credit card expires or their, you know, that happens, it gives them like three chances before I have to even be bothered with it. Or if right. they cancel, it knows to take away their access to the membership and it's all automated. So um, it's a, bit of a pain to set those things up, but it's really nice to have those in place. Um, so I'm doing all of my invoicing through there. I have looked at some of these other ones. I haven't heard of some up in charge desk, so I'll check those out as well. Um, because some of those have more sophisticated cart systems with, mm -hmm. you know, upsells and downsells and fall, you know, follow up if you have abandoned the shopping cart. I haven't really played with a whole lot of that um, for my business needs, but it's all about, again, going back to our point of making sure you're mapping out what makes sense for the customer and the promise of the service that you're providing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I all think- right. The ahead, CRM that, that we use as well, like has like, so if you're creating landing pages and things like that, that have upsells, downsells, da, 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 like those things are kind of done within the CRM that we use. And then they're connected to Stripe. You know what I mean? Like the payments mm -hmm. go through that way. So they have card options, uh, ACH transfer options, you know, just it, like PayPal, all of those options are like kind of available there within that process. So like, again, uh, to Jenny's point, make it easy for people to pay you. I think that's a huge uh, <laughs> thing. You know, I think it's important because a lot of people don't even realize that they, a person, if they're landing on your page and they want to work with you and they don't really know how, or it seems complicated, you are alienating potential customers that really want to work with you. And in Especially my case, if you do, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. I was just gonna say in my case, it's an act of bravery to decide you want to work on your stuff with me, mm -hmm. right? Like it's yeah. an act of bravery to already <laughs> you say right. you are ready to face <laughs> your inner critic. You're ready to deal with the fact that you're procrastinating. It's a bit of an act of bravery to do those things. So gotcha. why would we add friction, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. What are you saying, yeah, Ken? I Jan knows about upsells and he's got his <laughs> famous all access pass Ooh, for all of his virtual us. summits. Tell us yeah. what's on the back end of that. Yeah. So the all access pass to set the stages, um, the paid replays of the summit. So usually they are free to attend when they are live. And then if you like them, you can, you can buy the replays and the upsells are usually related to that. So I have an email marketing summit and the upsell for that is my virtual summit mastery course because virtual summits do just that. They build email lists. And the back end of that is Thrivecard, which connects to PayPal, uh, Apple Pay and Stripe in my situation. And you can build very easy funnels with upsells and downsells and stuff inside Thrivecard. And one thing I just wanted to throw in in this conversation too is you have to keep in mind that if you're doing business internationally, some payment methods might not be available or they take five days to settle or something like that. Right. So when checking those uh, different options for taking payments, be as flexible and as open as you can. Well, guys, this has been an awesome panel. I want to thank Kimberly Flowers, Jan Koch, and Coach Jenny. Thank you all for being here. Also, Valerie Morris, Jeff C., and Joey Garrity earlier. 
Um, it's really been a, a blast. Thank you, Coach Jenny. Thank you, Jan Cook. Thank you, Kimberly Flowers. And again, thank you to our earlier panelists, Jeff C., Valerie Morris, and Joey Garrity. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, if you missed any of this, you can catch the replay. Or if you are listening on the podcast and you would like to watch the video, you can watch the video on either YouTube or Spotify. And of course, you can listen on any of the podcast apps uh, as well. So thank you, everybody, for being a part of Stream Leader Report Live, our second panel. We're going to continue to do this each month. And we're open to taking topics that you want to hear uh, experts talk about related to content creation, business, and monetization. And we look forward to talking to you again on another edition of Stream Leader Report Live. Take care, everybody.